The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of the third president in history to be impeached to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. The logical fallacy we're looking at this week is shifting the burden of proof, also known as onus probandi. So there's a lot of crossover here Mm. with argument from ignorance. Right. As you'll remember, I forget which episode it was now, but go back and check out argument from ignorance. Yeah. I think it might be 17 or 18. And yeah, that, that one basically is saying you can't prove I'm wrong, therefore I'm right. Yeah. And so <laughs> essentially, I mean, that's, that's a kind of very short version of argument yeah. from ignorance. But with this one, there's a little bit more of a kind of challenge to prove that the person is wrong. It more usually takes the form of if you think I'm wrong, prove it rather than I am definitely right because you can't prove I'm wrong. If you see what I mean, right. they're yeah. just saying, yeah. no, I'm I, I am I am right. I know I'm right. I don't need to prove myself right. You need to prove me wrong, basically. So with Trump, actually, you might be surprised to find this doesn't come up that often. And the reason for that, I think, is basically because he just lies about what the proof says. So he he pretends that he's been proved right already, regardless of what it it actually says. Um, So there isn't any need to challenge the other person to prove him wrong in any way. He just says, no, the evidence It's like the read the transcript thing. He's He's kept saying, read the transcript. Yeah. As if it proves him right when it absolutely yeah, doesn't. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. So, or the or the Mueller report. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, totally exonerating him from yeah. yeah from collusion. Well, it, it didn't. Yeah, no amount of saying <laughs> it over and over again will make that yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you just lie about what the evidence says, because you, don't you need can't, it. you can't. He couldn't say with the Mueller thing. Well, you know, show me the proof. Show me the evidence. Well, yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's, yeah, yeah. Well, perhaps that's why he doesn't yeah. use it because the evidence against him is so often blatantly against him that, that <laughs> he can't go. Yeah, you go and prove that to me because they just will. So he it's just so easy. Yeah, do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just pick up a fact <laughs> and show it to him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, our first example is a tweet that actually he retweeted. It wasn't it wasn't from him, but it was after journalist Jeff Zelaney talked about the the fact that there was no evidence for his claim that uh, millions of people fraudulently voted, ah, right, all, yeah, obviously yeah. for Hillary. Yeah, and um, so he retweeted someone who said at Jeff Zelaney, "What proof do you have? Donald Trump did not suffer from millions of fraud votes. Journalist, do your job." So. This person on Twitter is telling the journalist to go away and prove that Trump didn't suffer from millions of yeah. votes of yeah. fraud, more fraudulent votes. 
Yeah. Which isn't how that no. <laughs> works. The thing say, about the burden of proof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to say, hey, okay, here's the fraud that went on and here's my yeah. proof to show that. Yeah, you can't yeah. make an outlandish statement and then go, nah, prove that I'm <laughs> can you prove otherwise? Well Yeah. Yeah. So the burden of proof basically is is on the person who's making a claim. Mm. And it it becomes a little bit difficult to um, figure it out some of the time because sometimes a, a negative claim like, you know, you didn't have lots of people fraudulently voting for Hillary right. um, can sound like a positive claim. Uh, you know, if you're if you're saying you didn't do that, it's 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 it is a negative claim, but it kind of sounds like you're making a claim. Right. Um, right. But and it's the, it's the burden is on the person who is making the claim, which in this case was that people voted fraudulently um, yeah. to to prove it. And the reason for that basically is that anyone can claim anything. I can say yeah. I'm the you know reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln, and it I obviously should be the person to to, to say, prove that. Because, well, I've often wondered the, about that beard that you <laughs> occasionally sport. Yeah, the, yeah. The, if you require everyone to prove every claim wrong in order to not believe them, yeah. then it would take an enormous amount more time, and it's it's basically practically usually impossible to prove a negative. If, for example, the claim was that there are aliens mm -hmm. out there in the universe yeah. the only proof you need is to find one yeah if you claim yeah. there are no aliens in the entire universe you have to go everywhere in the entire universe right which and is then go see a lot yeah. harder yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and even then they could have moved while you were over exactly. in one yeah. kind of quadrant so it's basically practically impossible and and even when all your claims are earth-based so, yeah. <laughs> so the burden has to rest with the person who's making the claim, and, and as Carl Sagan said, the extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. The more outlandish your claim, the the more mm. evidence is required to back it up, and to to in order for people to be expected to believe it. So our second Trump example uh, comes from a press conference that he was doing with Imran Khan, the Prime Minister of. Pakistan, mm -hmm. but it was around the time that Pompeo and and the, the Trump administration were kind of trying to say that Iran were doing bad things, and and that it was kind of maybe going to become necessary to go in and sort them out, and um, supposedly U.S. shot down a drone, an Iranian drone, and Trump had this to say in the press conference: We took down one of their drones. Instead of saying, "Yeah, that happened," they lie. They say it didn't happen. So uh, we have, uh, there's a lot of proof. It's called, uh, take a look at it on the ocean floor. Just go down there, take your scuba gear and go down there in the ocean. One of you would do that, I know. But uh, we took down a drone. <laughs> so the proof yeah. is you go and get some scuba gear and go and search the floor of the ocean around Iran for a drone. Yeah, because there's a, there's a lot of water there, big water. Yeah, ocean uh -huh. water. Ocean water. Yeah. yeah. And uh and then he kind of and then he sort of he's, he puts that challenge out and then also scoffs at them the the gathered journalists by saying, "Well, yeah, one of you would do that." <laughs> kind of as if, you know, yeah, one of you's going to go and do that. And they, well, well, yeah, of course we are because you've not <laughs> well, you've not. Opted, well, no, they're not. No, no one's. No. No, that is true. Yeah. No. So I don't know no, what I he's mean, doing the there. Thing is, yeah. It's it's 
it's only it's in a normal presidency or with a, <laughs> a, a normal yeah. normal person. Yeah, it wouldn't be that far fetched. Yeah, um, to believe that that the U.S. military had shot down a, a foreign drone mm. over yep. presumably. American or international airspace. Yeah. The difficulty is that he lies so frequently and so easily mm. that mm. when he says something like this and the Iranians say, no, they yeah. didn't, yeah. that's not true, it really is harder to know who to believe. It's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not as simple yeah. as, well, our president is saying it and the foreigners are saying something different, so we yeah. should believe our president. No, yeah. But it's it's, it's like kind the, of um... maybe the, the, the balance has shifted. The uh, the bit when he does offer proof, like the the hurricane is going to hit Alabama or yeah. wherever it was, yeah. um, and he, the proof yeah, the sharpie he, the proof he off, the proof he <laughs> offers is you know a, a, an illegal defacement of a government issued um, document, and that's the proof he offers. And so he kind of makes the extraordinary claim, offers extraordinary yeah. proof insofar as it's not a proof at all and it just compounds the lie so even in those occasions when he doesn't shift the burden of proof to the people listening to his lies he produces this proof and people just stand there slack-jawed going what on earth are you doing you you just yeah. you're just a child yeah, with a crayon. shifts the concept of proof yeah. rather than the burden <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. because because he says a thing that makes it true that's uh-huh. that. That's it. That's enough for him, isn't it? He is, after all, the king of the universe. So whatever he says will manifest itself. Either that, or he's been lots of self-help group things where they say you can mani- yeah. manifest your own future by using these particular powerful words, like bigly, and he just make things happen. When it, you know whatever he says, it's that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. So with that example, Trump is doing a, a, a variation where rather than just saying, well, you know, prove me wrong, mm. he is basically telling other people to go and do the research, go and do the, go and find the proof. I'll tell you where it is. Yep. I'll tell you yep. kind of vaguely you go over there, but you need to do the work. It's like telling telling them to, to, to do the thing that really the person who is making the claim should be doing mm. if they want to offer proof. Yep. And that is similar to that, to our uh, third Trump example, which is actually a, a Trump supporter who uh, I had a bit of a chat with on Twitter. Who um, <laughs> right? Um, I, the red mist descended. Uh, didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I responded to something that I think Bill O'Reilly said right. about the Ukraine situation and and how basically he was saying that that these people they're just against trump that's that's the beef they have bill right. taylor and and so on they, they they don't actually they just disagree with his policies i pointed out that actually what they disagree with is extorting foreign <laughs> leaders for personal gain yeah and this guy called scott horn he said this happens with all political leaders but let's forget or forgive past presidents but hold trump accountable uh, and okay. uh, slightly sarcastic there, and and a brilliant person called Myth Debunker nice. said, uh, yeah. asked him quite reasonably yeah. who and when. Yeah. So basically saying, you know, if you're making this claim, if you're saying this happens with all political leaders, yeah. who to well, you know, to give us the proof, and give when, us some sites. Yeah. His response was, quote, several articles on the net that discuss in great detail on presidents using their position to influence changes in foreign relations, policy changes, trade changes, personal gains, and etc. The key to understanding is reading opposing views on both political sides. 
So okay. the, nobody has any problem with presidents using their position to influence changes in foreign relations, policy changes, and trade changes. Yeah. It's the personal gain thing that is the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but his evidence that he, he offers for his claim that it happens with all political leaders was several articles on the net. And I know, notice he's put so, capital letters for several and several, articles. Yeah, several, like A.A. Yeah. Milne, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I... I said seriously your your evidence is several articles on the net without citation don't you think it would be sensible to point us towards the ones you consider good evidence if i'm wrong i want to understand the truth but i'm not going to make your argument for you so uh, the the most obvious thing to do if you have evidence if you if you are aware of articles is to present it yeah. is to say look this is something that backs up what i'm saying if you tell people to go away and find their own evidence even if I was trying to steel man him and think, okay, I'll try and be intellectually honest. I will, I will assume that this person has seen evidence, and I will go away and try and find it. The chances I'm going to try, and, I'm going to find the same thing he's talking about yeah. are very slim. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's even, as vague as several articles yes, on exactly. the net. Even Wikipedia would, there would be kind of a, you know in brackets citation needed at that point, wouldn't there? You know, to back up the the fact of. That this has happened by been done by several presidents over past presidencies. You kind of go, yes, your bracket citation needed. It's not an unreasonable yeah. thing to say, is it? Oh, so what was his what so was his, his reply? His to response that? Yeah. to don't you think it'd be sensible to point us towards the ones you consider good evidence? Yeah. Was I have a full time job, so I don't have time to do your research for you. Oh wow, <laughs> wow! So he's done it twice, almost, <laughs> yeah. hasn't he? He's got yeah. To, yeah, he's got to go. You no, know, you've got to do the research, even though I've said there are plenty <laughs> over there, which implies that he's done some research, which is the basis of his claim or the basis of yeah. why he said what he's done is based on some research. And then now he's saying, oh, I've got a full time job. I haven't got time for that. You know, well, obviously, his job yeah. is so, as full time as Trump's. He's it? claiming at this point in the conversation that yeah. it is my research. Yeah. To, to look for the articles he yeah. is citing to back up his claim, which I've disagreed with. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There you Fantastic. go. That's shifting the burden of proof. That's great. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. Well, it's been very difficult this past couple of weeks to, A, listen to anything that's being said during the election because I'm, I'm afraid my partisanship uh, is showing. and But also, it's just a car crash of gish-galloping bullshittery from all sides when um, given... Uh, when asked questions in order to substantiate various claims. But I, I did manage to find one I, that I'm... Um, uh, holding up to uh, to scrutiny as possibly a, uh, a shifting the burden of proof. So the first example is uh, Boris Johnson on the 29th of November, uh, and he's on the LBC radio show in the UK, and it's uh, they streamed a live interview with Nick Ferrari, um, who we've had before um, on the show. And he's taking questions from callers. And this is the, the one that you might have seen examples of in the press where um, some 20-year-old quotes of Boris Johnson saying 
the children of single mothers will mug you in the street and they're feckless and awful and um, not going to amount to anything. Um, and that's come back to haunt him. Him being the father of several children, we know not how many. Um, he doesn't know how many. He doesn't know how many. He's not willing to tell us. <laughs> um, but he's fully involved in their lives. Yeah, right. Um, so they're not being brought up by single mothers. Anyway, what this f- leads to is the usual dissembling set of falsehoods propped up with bullshit Latin and cutesy down-home epithets like soup to nuts and oven-ready to show that he's just an ordinary guy. But then there's these bits in there that... <laughs> is soup to nuts a down-home epithet? Because surely... How, oh, yeah, no. how working class is multi-course meals that start <laughs> with soup and end with nuts? <laughs> I think I came across that first in uh, uh, Grapes of Wrath or, um, you know, uh, uh, Tortilla Flats by John Steinbeck. Okay. And I think that was, <laughs> they're, they're very down home and <laughs> cutesy. So, uh, but that's, I have no evidence of that. I'm going to have to go back now. You <laughs> need to go do the research. <laughs> go and read Tortilla Flats um, or Cannery Row. Anyway, yeah, no point taken. And um, this interview contains the the math conundrum that the Tories put out when they said we're going to create 50,000 new nurses, which actually contained 19,000 existing nurses. So various people have, you know, questioned that math. Um so this uh, leads on to he's asked by Nick Ferrari about the numbers of new hospitals that the Tories have promised in the manifesto. And one would assume that the burden of proof is on Boris to say what the number is and why it isn't actually, say, 40. 40 new hospitals will be built as a, as a result well, they, of the no, decisions. No, you, how can you say they're not new hospitals, are they? This has been looked at carefully. Yes. They're existing sites that will admittedly benefit from millions of pounds of investment, but they're not new hospitals well, there'll per be se. New, there'll be new buildings. But again, you misrepresent the figures. Why do you continually do this, Mr well, Johns? Because I think people obviously try to, to turn things around on but us and say that, that we're not making the investments we're making. These will be huge investments in I, the NHS. No and they will lead that. to... They will lead to to, I mean, but you've seen the research that I've. There are four. There are four new sites. No. The others are, are re, revamps. Yes, but let brilliant me, work as it yes, is. Okay. Well, let me let me so give, let me give, you, let me give you an example. Oh, we're not going to play the example because it's just more bollocks like that. Um, interesting when he says um, there are four new sites, and he says his, his instant reaction is to just say no, with with no evidence at all. He just says no, and then um, Nick Ferrari says. There will be, uh, but there will be investments, and he goes yes. So it's just mm-hmm. so the but the, yeah. the main burden of proof I think in there is that he's uh, shifting the proof to the people who are obviously trying to turn things around to prove that they are a not turning things around, and that b the Tories are not making these investments. So I think he's he's kind of rather than providing the proof by saying, okay, here are the figures, here are the planning things, um, this is what's going on. And he just says, well, he says, why do you continually misrepresent the figures? And his reason is because other people turn it on its head and say that we're not doing it. So he's kind of shifting the burden of proof 
to the evidence to show that the people who are turning things round are turning things round, and and that yeah. they are. I'm not, you're not convinced. I, I, are you? I haven't pushed back on on <laughs> one of these for a while, but I, yeah. I'm not convinced completely that's shifting the burden of proof. I get that. Yes, it is his burden to prove that. Yeah. The, that they are opening these hospitals, and and he he certainly deflects and probably is a red herring or something like that. Maybe right. when he's saying that that other people try to claim that they're not doing the numbers they say they're doing because they're definitely not doing the numbers. Yeah, they say yeah, yeah. Doing. It's yeah. disingenuous at best to say that people are changing <laughs> the num- putting the yeah. turning the numbers around on on him. Yeah, like basically they're they're reporting the real figures. Yeah, but I I'm not quite sure that reaches claiming that it should be their burden. Oh, okay. Or, or yeah, yeah. Pushing the proof onto them See, to I say told that you, it was you, you need you need to prove me wrong. Okay, so in in my this is my second attempt then to get one past the uh, scrutiny committee. It's um so a little earlier in the month on the 20th of November. So this is following the publication of the uh, manifesto, um, Arch. Expert had enough of her. So, um, our friend of the show, Michael Gove, the oily, self-serving, amoral propagandist. Boo, boo. Boo. He was, yeah, he's the pantomime villain, isn't he? Was interviewed <laughs> by Channel 4's Kiaran Jenkins. So this is after the launch of the Tory manifesto. Basically, he is asked the same question as Boris, which is, why should we trust your word? We have the old word that it won't be extended, not that it couldn't be extended. Of yes. course, your word was also that Boris Johnson was not fit to be prime minister. Then you served under Boris Johnson. Your word was that we didn't vote to leave the EU with no deal. Then you became the minister for no deal. Can people trust your word in this election, Mr Gove? Well, that, that was a good speech, um, and I'm sure it would go down well on any election platform. These are things that you have said, are they uh, not? Uh, well, there are things that... I'm, I'm quoting your own words at you. No, you're not. You're making a, um, a polemic. No, argument, which you're very good at, and I think, I think, I think, as someone who, as someone who was a journalist in the past and wrote polemics and then became a politician, then of course you're you're well on the way to going down that route. What are we supposed to do, Mr. Gove, except for trying to hold you to account? Yes, based on the statements that you've made with your own mouth. Yes. Uh, well, I, I'm always happy to answer any particular questions. I'm also always happy to admire a, a very good speech such as the one that you gave. So I don't know quite what your question was, but I enjoyed the speech. So what was the question? Just brilliant, isn't it? I mean, it's just horrible. Was he in a barn? Hey, yeah, oh yeah, the, the cows the moo in the background. <laughs> I think it was it was a, a visual attempt to uh, link the Tories with a progressive agricultural policy. So they just like <laughs> shot him against cows giving birth in the background, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Either that, or he's just. Uh, you know, literally bullshit is coming you know, mm. across into the shop <laughs> in the rear. So, um, so yeah, so my, um, uh, this kind of, t- 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 I'm t- look, I'm hesitating to use the word tentative right there. See, I think what he's doing is shifting. This is kind of the, the end of a, um, uh, an interview where he set up the argument that Kieran is a polemicist. He's a left winger. He's touting this particular left wing opinion merely by asking him some to comment on some objective facts. So I think he's shifting the burden of proof to to Kieran to say that he isn't a polemicist. Um, 
And moreover, yeah. Gove can, uh, can ascertain uh, his view. So he's saying, "Well, yeah, you're, yeah, that's a very good speech. You, you are obviously, you know, it's a, it's kind of an electioneering hustings kind of speech." Um, and he's, he can ascertain that without providing any evidence, and therefore Kieran is besmirched with bias when he asks for evidence. So he's saying, well, yeah. what, what, what are we supposed to be doing? We can only hold you to account by using the very words that came out of your mouth. And then he says, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's a very pretty speech, and I'm very happy to answer questions. Well, you're not. Um, <laughs> so he's trying to – I think he's he's trying and failing, because Kieran won't fall for it, to say, okay, prove to me that you're not holding a left-wing view and that the questions you're asking me are biased and opinionated because of that left wing view yeah i'm i'm just, i'm continue to be unconvinced at the moment right. but yeah he he basically i mean he just said "Ooh, you should be a politician yeah instead of answering the question yeah, yeah. basically all he did was just kind of ignored the fact that he'd been asked a question he denied the fact that the that the quote came directly from him his own mouth um, yeah but yeah i didn't hear a requirement for uh, yeah i mean yeah sure an Im- implication of yeah. their of the journalist having something to prove perhaps but but yeah i'm all right not there yet <laughs> okay. okay well let's try it with this short one then <laughs> so uh so in here is an impl- i'm sure is an implied request for proof <laughs> which um handily gets uh kind of rebuffed um, so it's, it's only a short clip. Joe Swinson, the leader of the Liberal Democrats, was interviewed by Emma Barnett on BBC Women's Hour today, the 6th of December. And she was She's asked about four Liberal Democrat members who made complaints at various stages about the behaviour of Lord Renard, who, whilst he was the chairman of the Lib Dems, and whilst Joe Swinson was the Women and Equalities Minister for the Lib Dems. And at that time, she was reported to have not done anything about it in fact to have gone to ground i took action to protect women who had come to me and talked to me about very concerning experiences when you were women and equalities minister this was in 2007 it was a long time before i'm talking about when you've had power yes and uh, and uh, and those women, if you speak to those women... I have, I've interviewed uh, yeah, a few in, of them. Indeed, and I, and I think they will tell you... See, I think there, where she, she gets kind of all... She gets a little bit confident and says, I think, if you speak to those women... So she's kind of shifting the burden of... She's going to go, right, OK, you yeah. are saying these things and then you need to go and speak to these women in order to get that stuff. And then, of course, the presenter just goes, well, I have. Well, because she would have, because it's <laughs> woman's hour. And she has. she's a journalist, yeah. yeah. And yeah. she's interviewed, and I've heard the interviews. Some, and if Joe Swinson was worth a thought, she would have listened to the bloody things as well. But so she, but she hasn't, and it's just superbly rebuffed. And there's the counter, you know, in my seeking for a counter, there it is. You just go, well, I have, and and, and yeah. actually, she's yeah. she's asserting that with no. No evidence either, <laughs> other than you're well, in the woman's house. She, could, she could provide it immediately. She's just go. Well, here it is. I did, I, it was this person yeah. here, that person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will definitely give you that one. That, oh, that is okay. yeah. that is a um, <laughs> yeah. She's telling the the her opponent essentially in the argument that that she's the one who needs to go away and find yeah. this information. Yeah. Um, whereas 
Yeah. And it's brilliant. Fact. She doesn't even get to finish the sentence before the presenter goes, well, I have. <laughs> and that's and she goes, well, indeed. And then she doesn't know what to do. <laughs> it's, a, it's an awful car crash of an interview, <laughs> but it's deeply satisfying. Again, continuing our slightly country and western theme from the last episode, mm. that Cheryl Crow there with "It wouldn't take much to prove you wrong." Wasn't it? Wasn't it Cher last episode? It was. Yeah. Slightly. Is Cher country and western? Yeah. <laughs> what? What is she then? Prove to me she's know. not. Prove, prove to me Pop, she's. I'd say. Pop. I'd say okay. she's had a country and western periods, but right. I think pop probably during the. Uh, if I could turn back time, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I'm no music aficionado, so I think it's the uh, um, it's the it's the bottle guitar thing in, <laughs> in the, the slide guitar and turn back time that did it for me. Okay. <laughs> there isn't any. Yeah. <laughs> in fantasy in the wild we like to talk about the fantasy of the week from a non-political perspective and our first example this week comes from luther Alex, are you familiar with ockham's razor all things being equal the simplest solution is the best solution that's right but what that principle tells me is that the only person known to have been at your parents house this morning it was you I don't see how it's possible to arrive at that conclusion. Well, there was no evidence of an intruder. But absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence. I know, I'm making a leap. It's a little leap, though. It's more of a hop. Is this where you ask me if I hated my parents? It is about that time, yeah. Did they make me a freak? Yes. Did I hate them? Absolutely. Did I kill them? No. Can you prove that? I can't prove a negative. Can't be done. Innocence is a negative. It's the absence of guilt. Meaning the burden of proof is entirely yours. If you think I did this, then you need to demonstrate how... So this is the very first episode of Luther, the first introduction to Alice, uh, who who becomes a regular character throughout the series, and um, is brilliant. She's very yeah. very logical. Yeah. yeah. And carrying on from this clip, she then goes on to uh, to further kind of destroy Luther's logic. But yeah, she points out absolutely that um, she can't prove that she didn't do something. You can't. You know, it's unless you have like footage of you all day on the day the thing happened, it's really difficult to prove that you didn't do something because, you know, you could have been doing it when someone wasn't watching you. So, um, Which is the whole well, plot for Serial. Exactly. The, uh, yeah, yeah, the absolutely. Serial. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the point, is that is that he claims that it was her. He doesn't have any evidence because she's brilliant and mm -hmm. didn't leave any evidence. But, um, you know, it's not enough just to say that it's her. He has to... He has to actually prove it. The burden of proof is on him. Obviously, in all, pretty much all legal cases, that is the case. When the prosecution claims someone committed a crime, the burden of proof is on them to prove that they did it rather than on the defendant to prove themselves innocent. Yeah. Yeah, our, our second example comes from a... Um, that there was a debate between Christopher Hitchens and a, a pastor called Doug Wilson, who I can only imagine thought, that he had a chance against Christopher Hitchens. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and so they made a documentary uh, called Collision. They, right. where they were debating the existence of God or the non-existence of God. And uh, this, was, this clip is from 
an interview that they did on the Joy Behar show, uh, kind of promoting the, the documentary. One of the things I would want to do is, is uh, ask about where your starting point is. Who has the burden of proof? So does, a, does a, a Ford automobile have the burden of proof of demonstrating that there was a Henry Ford or that there wasn't? Who has, who has the burden of proof? And a lot of this debate is actually scrambling for the high ground of who has to do the proving, who has to do the maintaining, uh -huh. who carries the burden of proof. Now, for uh, And people, who do you think carries the burden? I, I believe the one who denies the self-evident fact that God exists and created the world, that I think that that is the person who has the burden you of proof. You say it's self-evident? Yes, self-evident to those those who believe. Who, those who believe. There may not be a, a solution to this. Uh, well, well no, there, I think there is one. I mean, I, and I can't avail myself of the almost beautiful circularity of Pastor Wilson's argument. Uh, and and I, I wouldn't want to shirk any burden of proof mm -hmm. or disproof, but it does seem to me that if someone says, if I don't agree with them, I might be condemned to eternal punishment. And that snakes talk, uh, virgins bear children, and dead men walk. That extraordinary claims do require extraordinary evidence. What, what atheists say is not that there is no God. We couldn't possibly prove that. We say there is n there's never been any evidence, and there's never been a convincing philosophical argument that there is such an entity. In fact, we say there is no supernatural dimension. Mm -hmm. The natural world is much more wonderful. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Christopher Hitchens. Yeah. We <laughs> so, love him. We miss him so. <laughs> yeah, so Doug Wilson bizarrely claims that um, because people who believe in God find it self-evident that God exists. Mm. Therefore, anyone who denies that, the burden of proof is on them to yep. prove God doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, which is not, again, how proof works. No. Um, because... The, yeah. The fact that, <laughs> and it's, that's, is that not also begging the question that, that, that it's self-evident that this is true? Therefore, you, have, yeah. you haven't yeah, yeah, got absolutely. to prove it? So yeah. it's, you know, he's maintaining that. You know, there, there, there's the the basis of his shifting the burden of proof because he believes it's self-evident. So he hasn't got to provide any evidence because the belief, because God Himself, it's self-evident. He just manifests Himself to be there. He, yeah, he is his own proof, but only to those people who believe. To be absolutely clear, I I edited that for time very slightly right um and so where he says it's self-evident to those who believe he then goes on a little tangent about how in a debate between him and christopher hitchens the christians think he won and the atheists think hitchens won <laughs> um and and it's like a you know the the olympics with the romanian judge giving a two and all the other judges giving a 10 or whatever he, yeah. he goes yeah. off on this it didn't add anything so i took it out but i don't want to um, kind of implied that that I removed anything that was exculpatory yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh, and the point is that he is the one making the claim. He is claiming, mm. as as Hitchens said, um, all of these extraordinary things yeah. are, that are true about his version of God. So, um, yeah, it isn't on everyone else to to prove that he's wrong. It is it is on him to prove that he's right. And Bertrand Russell wrote about something like this in 1952 
when he talked about his his celestial teapot, which has become a kind of shorthand for this. Um, and he said, if I were to suggest that between the Earth and Mars, there is a China teapot revolving around the sun in an elliptical orbit, nobody would be able to disprove my assertion, provided I were careful to add that the teapot is too small to be revealed even by our most powerful telescopes. But if I were to go on to say that since my assertion cannot be disproved, proved it is an intolerable presumption on the part of human reason to doubt it i should rightly be thought to be talking nonsense mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely true the the, the point uh, as i said about the kind of aliens you'd have to go everywhere in the universe to prove that they don't exist yep. and um yeah with with russell's teapot as a kind of analog for god he's he's saying i can i can make this claim and that you can't possibly prove me wrong yeah but but it's ridiculous to suggest that you should believe me simply based on my claim without any proof yeah i should be required to prove that this thing exists if i claim it does and and not expect other people to prove it doesn't and if you doubt it if you doubt it you're being completely reasonable yeah (laughs) that's the point but that's the thing when you're in the system of believing in this celestial teapot and the other people outside it, even though you haven't provided any proof, all you've got is this faith in the teapot. Other people outside the system who doubt his existence, you then take them to task for being unbelievers and, mm. you know, stone them to death and, <laughs> uh, and all that kind of stuff for, for saying this teapot is good enough for Jehovah. And that... And, <laughs> It is, yeah, when you look at it like that, when you take God out of the equation so that it doesn't come with all the baggage um, that associated with it and just say it's a teapot, when people go, oh, well, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not emotionally attached to the notion of a teapot, you, it then shows it in a Hitchens-esque, Russ- Russellian kind of way that religion is completely outside of and and tries to sustain itself on the basis that it is outside of scrutiny and to to subject it to any kind of scrutiny would somehow lessen the ethereal quality of it or lessen the the uh, the truth of the matter there is that kind of sense isn't it which is just preposterous when you think about it in terms of teapots Nice, yeah. nice one, Bertrand. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game; it's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. And of course, I've, you realise that there's no way that you can prove that I'm not going to win. So therefore. I've got to win. I, I think I can prove that. Just give it five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. See now, you have the um, in the in the in the, uh, in the moment of editing this, which will be after I've answered the questions correctly or incorrectly. You will be in the position to know that. But, you know, at this very point, there's no way you can prove it. You will be able to prove it, but right now you can't. So that's, you know, I'm being using a Boris Johnson splitting of hairs right now. Yeah. Okay.
Okay. So uh, there is a theme this week, but I'm going okay. to leave the the uh, reveal of the theme to the end. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, intriguing. So uh, statement number one. China respects us and everybody, res Russia respects us. They all respect you in the United States. They all respect what we've done. You know, I meet a lot of leaders. They're great. You know, some of them, some I like, some I don't like. What the hell? But every one of them, they come in, they say, Mr. President, congratulations on what you've done for this country. What you've done with the economy is incredible. We have the hottest economy in the world. Think of it. And they all come in. Congratulations. Congratulations. Okay. Statement number two. This election is about security. It's about jobs. It's about borders. It's about taxes. It's about everything. It's all about security. That's why we're here tonight. That includes our military. Our military has done more than almost any other country in the world to help rebuild Iraq after ISIS. Rebuilding Iraq. In fact, we've rebuilt Iraq as good as it is, better than most countries, better than, frankly, some countries that were rebuilding their own country. Incredible. Incredible what they've done. And really, if they'd let us alone, we'd probably still be there. Well, and statement number three. <laughs> okay. Statement right. number three, <clears throat> they okay. want to impose socialism. That's what they're doing. They want to take away your Second Amendment, take away your strong health care that we're making stronger and stronger every single day. By the way, nobody talks about, but we got rid of the individual mandate, the most unpopular aspect of Obamacare, where you had the great privilege of paying a fortune in order to pay a fortune to not pay for bad health care. That's not a very good, right? That's not a very good thing. Now we got rid of the individual mandate. That's big. Okay. Righto, and the and the, the theme is. I will tell you the theme after you have okay made chosen. Choice. It's all it's all <laughs> bollocks, bollocksy bollocksy bullshit. It's it's the fact that he repeats one of the words several times in the same thing. Okay, mm. I tell you, what, I'll give you a, a million bonus points if you can guess the theme because <laughs> okay. it's not something you can guess. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, Okay, well, yeah, but you're going to have to prove that. So, um, right, so, well, I think the third one, where he goes, that's not a very good uh, dot, dot, right. That's because there's a crowd have just heard him saying Obama, and they've all gone, Rrr! so he's gone, that's not very good, and yeah, they've all gone, Rrr! and he's going, yeah, right. I think that's what's happened there. That's not a very good thing. We got rid of the individual, that's big. Uh, it's, uh, mm, okay, we have the hottest economy to think of it. They all come, congratulations, congratulations. They say, Mr. President, congratulations. What? Nobody said that. And frankly, some countries that we, we're, we, you see, some of these things, it's not possible to write because <laughs> they're just, he just goes off on one and you think, what? So that bit where he does those complete about turns, like 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 one of the bikes in Tron that makes a ninety degree <laughs> turn at full speed, that's what he does when he's talking. Rebuild after it, rebuilding Iraq. In fact, we've rebuilt Iraq as good as it is better than most countries. Better than frankly, say some countries that were rebuilding our own country. Okay, blah blah blah. blah. Well, uh, okay. Which one's not real? Okay, I think that number one is the one that you made up. Okay, so mm -hmm. shall I reveal the theme first or shall I reveal whether you're correct or not? Uh, 
I don't know if it feels like an advent calendar, doesn't it? Should we open, <laughs> should we open the one for tomorrow or uh, and see if it's chocolate? Or uh, I, d- d- if you reveal the theme, will that make me collapse and realise that I picked the wrong one? No, probably not. No. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Never reveal it. Okay. So these, the 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 one that is made up yep. was not made up by me. Uh, it was okay. not sent in by a listener. Yeah. It was generated by an artificial intelligence. Wow. Called RoboTrump. Wow. <laughs> so Oh, that is very cool. This right. is based on a um a, a tool that was created by Salesforce oh, to okay. yeah. generate artificial intelligent text to basically deal with kind of customer service and sales and stuff like that as a as a online thing. Yeah. Um and so they they invented this this tool uh and recently they kind of opened it up to people being able to uh to to kind of train it yeah. to speak like a specific person okay so that you can kind of put in text that a particular person has written and it will generate similar natural language uh-huh. essentially yeah 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 and a a a website called lawsuit.org thought that's fun and right. trained it to speak like Trump. That's fantastic. <laughs> I think I've heard, well, I've heard something similar. I don't know whether it was by, from the Salesforce model, but there was a, uh, an engine that they, that was deployed in Sierra Leone, I think, which as a, uh, a kind of chat bot for people reporting cases of domestic violence. So it would right. it would use natural language, and it was much more popular than people actually. T- they knew that it was a chatbot, but it was yet and yet it was much more popular than uh, people talking to real humans because humans are only available certain hours of the day, and there's a stigma about talking about domestic violence, um, not just in Sierra Leone. But that was one of the things I identified. So they had this chatbot which would speak in natural language and hear what people are saying and um, provide them with contact numbers and uh, advice and all that kind of stuff. And it is very convincingly um, researched and is based on, you know, uh, people's uh, language patterns and all those kind of things. And um yeah and and peer reviewed by the users of the system so they they and in full knowledge that it is a chatbot they recommend changes to the way they answers the questions so yeah just incredible that you can do that but that's a great tool isn't it robo yeah so basically they lawsuit uh then kind of tested a thousand people right uh with 10 texts that were taken directly from trump speeches and 10 that they had generated with robo trump yeah um and asked them to see whether they whether it was trump or not basically yeah Yeah. and people were pretty bad at it wow i'm in good company (laughs) Um, overall people guessed correctly about 40 percent of the time Wow, that's pretty um, much yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, that's so that's yeah. Quite that's, that's almost exactly <laughs> where you are. <laughs> Which means then. I am I am as good at writing fake Trump quotes as, as a, a an advanced AI. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that. You are the deep so. thought of Trump quotes. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that in mind, yeah, you uh, are you said that 
number one was uh, the one I made up. Yeah. Which of the other two are you more confident about? Number three, I think, because I can okay. hear a crowd cheering. So number three yeah. is... Is the fake one. Real. Ah, oh, oh, wow. They want to impose socialism. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they want crowd, to take yeah. away your Second Amendment... Take away your strong health care that we're making stronger and stronger every single day. By the way, nobody talks about it, but we got rid of the individual mandate, the most unpopular aspect of Obamacare. Where you had the great privilege of paying a fortune in order to pay a fortune to not pay for bad health care. That's not a very good, right? That's not a very good. Now we got rid of the individual mandate. That's big. <laughs> Jesus, so, poor yeah, you're fools. Right. There was a crowd. <laughs> yeah, poor fools where they're kind of going, uh-huh. yeah, stronger and stronger every single day. There's no cheer for that bit where they're all looking at each other going, wait a minute, it's not. It's the worst <laughs> thing ever. If we've got no money, we will die. You know, it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to work out. They go, yeah, they're socially. It's kind of, it's the, it's a pantomime, isn't it? It's that. Oh yeah. You know, we'll set yeah. these up. Here's the villain, the big scary villain, socialism. Ooh, that's what they're doing. They're taking a second amendment. Ooh, the uh, healthcare. Uh, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, okay. uh, you also yeah. thought that number two, two was real. Yeah. And number two. Yeah. Is yeah. fake news. Oh wow! Number oh, two was well, written that, by Robo Trump. That is very good, isn't it? <laughs> Golly, it is exactly so as good. incoherent, batshit, crazy. Yeah, as Trump. It's <laughs> so good, though, isn't it? That kind of the you can see the thought process or the lack of it because <laughs> it's a machine. Going, you know, it's about this, about that, it's about everything, it's about that. And then he repeats security, and then he gets to, that includes military. Our military have done more than any other country. And even, yeah, even the 90-degree turn at full speed, better than, frankly, some countries that were rebuilding their own country. Wow. It's really impressive. And and that yeah. and the, just the sign-off line as well, which is a complete non-secretary. And really, if they'd let us alone, we'd probably be still there. What the hell? That is genius, <laughs> isn't it? It's amazing. Golly. Yeah. How do we get hold of this thing? We could just we could get it to it generate. Revolutionise my my job. Exactly. Yeah. Come up with this stuff. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. But we could we could <laughs> pump out these things and then just tweet them as, you know, the the potus spilt with a B or something. <laughs> yeah. Just send it out. And people would go, Oh my god, what's he said now? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Interestingly, in this study, Trump supporters were more likely to uh, believe the, the the ramblings of Robo Trump than wow. non-Trump supporters. Not oh, hugely, wow. but but yeah, statistically yeah, yeah. significant. Um, Golly, more likely. So, which means that number one is is real. It's real. China respects us, and everybody, Russia respects us. They all respect the United States. They all respect what we've done. You know, I meet a lot of leaders. They're great, you know, some of them. Some I like, some I don't like. What the hell? But every one of them, they come in, they say, Mr. President, congratulations on what you've done. 
for this country. What you've done with the economy is incredible. We have the hottest economy in the world. Think of it. And they all come in. Congratulations. Congratulations. So I think we have a little little bit of evidence uh, that we'll be talking about later. Yeah. That not everyone respects them, in fact. I think Um, nobody does. (laughs) No, definitely not even China and Russia. No. And certainly not not North Korea, no. who, have, who have recently said that if he keeps calling Kim Jong-un Rocket Man, then they will start using dotard again, <laughs> basically. They're threatening <laughs> to call him names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then they're never going to let him into the dictator's club. <sighs> But that whole thing, no. that whole run of China respects us and everybody Russia respects us. <laughs> China, China and Russia is everybody, as far as he's concerned. Yeah, they're great yeah. to know. Some of them, some are like, some are owned. What the hell? <laughs> what are? What? Who are you, Billy Crystal? Which means <laughs> <laughs> that unfortunately you did not get this oh, week's no. one correct, which puts you uh, at fifteen out of thirty-seven, which yep. is yep. just over forty percent, which is very similar to, to... Uh, literally everyone else, apparently. Yeah, under under so... Robo Trumps. Real rule, yeah. No, yeah. Not feeling so good about Life that now. <laughs> Welcome our Robo Trump overlords. <laughs> so it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called the House Judiciary Committee hearing is not a logical fallacy, because we've started the the next phase of uh, impeachment, and in fact, just yesterday. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has officially asked the the chairman of the Judiciary Committee and the Intelligence Committee to um, to draft articles of impeachment. So it is pretty it, much a foregone conclusion now yeah. that that they are the House is going to vote to impeach. And isn't that because Trump um, kind of went, you know, if you're going to do it, do it quickly. For heaven's sake, yeah, it's, now. Yeah. It's basic, pretty much. Yeah, she she had the she'd already kind of booked the slot on CNN or whatever it was to to give her little speech before he said that. But yeah, about an hour before she did it, Trump tweeted, um, "If you're going to impeach me, do it fast. Let's get it <laughs> over with." Basically, yeah. So she was like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, it's not hang about, yeah, yeah." Probably because so, he um, wants to spend Christmas in the White House. Or, or he's going to know where he's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he wants to spend Christmas at Mar-a-Lago. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So he'll go. Yeah, I'll, I'll be over there. Got to go. Got to go there. And they go. Why? Well, because well, I'm you're not welcome in the White House. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. No, you haven't been for years. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, last week, the um, the House Intelligence Committee reports came out. The the um, Republicans put out a a kind of pre-buttle report uh, right. b- at first to say um, that it's all well. No, they didn't really even they didn't uh, the conspicuously didn't focus on saying he didn't do the things he's accused of doing. That right. is one thing they haven't tried to do. Yeah, and, and they still aren't doing it. Yeah, they are. They are focusing on the kind of process and how how everyone is just against him and how you know the the real focus in the uh, Republican report seemed to be basically saying that you know they the the Democrats have been out to get him since he was elected. Yeah, and this is just an attempt to overthrow. Yeah, and which none of if all of what they say is true, none of it 
offers an argument why he shouldn't be impeached. Mm. Because even if the Democrats were right from November 6th, 2016, looking for a way to, to get him out, this is they have found a way because he broke the law. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't change that. It doesn't make it okay for him to do what he did. Um, so... Yeah. It's just nonsense, basically. <laughs> um, and then the next day, the Democrats released their intelligence report, which lays out in excruciating detail mm -hmm. all of... It's like 300-page report, and it talks about all of the things that they've um, they've been able to prove by um, speaking to, to the witnesses, many of whom, as we've said, are not Democrats. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. they are career civil servants, or in some yeah. cases, Trump supporters. There's Gordon and Gordon Sondland who donated a million dollars to the Trump campaign, yeah. um, who has has said, yes, there was a quid pro quo, and yes, Trump told me to speak to Giuliani, and Giuliani told me to speak to the Ukrainians and tell me tell them that their meeting with the um, with with Trump was conditioned on announcing a an investigation into Biden. Yeah. So. Uh, they they lay it out in in great detail and 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 quite even it just if you read the executive summary of the the uh, Democrats House Intelligence Report, um, it kind of it really gives you a roadmap to show exactly what he did, how they can prove what he did, who said what, and you know which laws he broke when he was doing it. Yeah, basically, um, and they lay out the the grounds for impeachment of of obstruction of justice, obstruction of Congress, and bribery. And the um, the Judiciary Committee, who are the ones who kind of actually make the decision to, to draft the articles of impeachment now, with Pelosi also kind of asking them to move forward with it, they had four constitutional scholars testify the other day, three of whom were picked by the Democrats, one of whom was picked by Republicans. And again, the the... Democrat-picked ones were very clear on what the law was that was broken yeah. and the fact that the abuse of office, even in the absence of an actual law that was broken, would be enough to impeach and that these are exactly the kind of things that the framers of the Constitution were talking about when they set up the possibility of impeachment. Michael Gerhardt said if... Um, if what we're talking about isn't impeachable, then nothing is impeachable. Yeah. Um, yep. And they 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 laid it out very clearly. And then Jonathan Turley, the the Republican, kind of didn't argue much about that. He d he kind of focused more on saying, "Well, you're kind of rushing into it. You need to spend more time gathering evidence. This wouldn't have a lot of precedent, basically, um, for for impeaching people with this." with this little evidence, this little small amount right. of evidence. And there isn't precedent. There isn't there's only been three impeachments in history. So there is yeah. you can't point to stuff and say, well, no one's ever done this before. Yeah. Um because last time we had also... loads of evidence. But the one before <laughs> yeah, that absolutely. even more, yeah. Which is well the the way he, the the thing that he did that was an impeachable offence, that's that's he 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 did it and how much more evidence yeah. does he want? That but the main thing that Turley seemed to focus on was the fact that everyone's just so angry about this, and everyone's oh, just yeah, calm yeah. down because, yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like my wife is angry yeah, about yeah. it, my dog seems angry, exactly. about it. and that's a golden <laughs> doodle, and, uh, yeah. and they're not angry kind of dogs. Go, what? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. But so much of his testimony was focused on, um, you know, can't we all just get along? Can't we all instead of... be nice to one another? Yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of the law aspect yeah. of it, which kind of was why they were there. Yeah. And it's not helped by the fact that Turley was the uh, Republican constitutional scholar that that they chose during the Clinton Im- impeachment mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And, and at the time, he was saying how the fact that Clinton had lied um, about having sex with Monica Lewinsky, basically, if you let that go, if you don't impeach him for that, there's just going to be anarchy. You know, yeah. dogs and cats living together, it's just everything will go <laughs> yeah. to, to hell and and we can't have that as a country. And there, and now this time around, twenty years going, later, admittedly, he's he's saying, yeah, "Was it really so bad? Yeah, you know, just yeah. a bit of bribery. Yeah, you Do know, we need to, you know, if we impeach him for this, we've got to impeach everyone for everything. Yeah, God, um, so at least he didn't have <laughs> sex with his secretary. You know, yeah. yeah, for heaven's sake, he's behaved as all he's done is sold the, the the integrity of the U.S. down the river. You know, that's, that's nothing. It's nothing. It's a mere." Mere bagatelle. Yeah. <laughs> he was an interesting witness, Tony, because I don't, I, I kind of got the sense that he would almost be on board with impeachment if they had just kind of gone about it slightly differently and taken a bit more time. Um, right. And he was trying to claim that this was, this was super rushed. Um, and, and, you know, they, they need to take more time about it. You, you need to let the, the, the US public kind of catch up and get behind it and all of that stuff. And actually, of the impeachments that have happened so far, um, Clinton's took about four months start to finish. Um, this has this is well, by the time the Senate actually hears it in January probably, um, it'll be similar a similar time frame. Yeah. And the Johnson impeachment, Andrew Johnson's, was like a matter of about something like 11 days wow. from the offence being committed through to the, the him being ultimately acquitted. Yeah. But that was ridiculously fast. Wow. There's no question that this is rushed compared to previous impeachments. This is absolutely not the fastest yeah. in any yeah. way. And, and arguably, unless they rush it through after immediately after Christmas, could be the slowest. Yeah. So, And the that whole thing about the, the Clinton impeachment was that the Republicans wanted it as done as soon as possible. Because they're going, you know, yeah, why? Why? Is, how can we be governed by a man like this? Let's get him out of office. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and people like Lindsey Graham were saying, you know, this is about cleansing the office. It's about, um, it's about not not allowing a particular kind of behaviour or, or presidents to think that it's okay to get away with mm. with stuff like this. It is our job, and certainly it's the it is seen as the job. One of the um, the law professors said it's basically seen as the job of the House to make this decision to to impeach mm. and send send it to the Senate, who will ultimately make the the acquittal or prosecution decision, because it is a deterrent to presidents to to behave in particular ways. Yeah, yeah, um, and it and it needs to be not based on absolute ironclad smoking gun evidence it needs to be a lower standard than that so that so that there isn't this kind of attempt by presidents to get away with as much as they can yeah and finally some things we really don't have time to talk about 
Devin Nunes, the Republican congressman currently suing a fictional cow, has filed another lawsuit, this time against CNN, which actually exists, so that's a step up. CNN reported on the fact that the lawyer for indicted Giuliani associate Lev Parnas said that Parnas is prepared to testify Nunes met with ex-prosecutor Victor Shokin to discuss digging up dirt on Biden. If true, this would be awkward for Nunes, given that he's the ranking member on the House Intelligence Committee and just oversaw hearings about the Ukraine-Biden connection. Nunes insists it isn't true, though, and according to the lawsuit, CNN's report has caused him to suffer, quote, actual damages including but not limited to insult, pain, embarrassment, humiliation, mental suffering, injury to his reputation, special damages, costs and other out-of-pocket expenses in the sum of 435 million dollars wow he was already suing a fake cow i don't think his reputation is worth that much exactly how much embarrassment do you have to suffer (laughs) to be worth that much my god when you're suing a fake cow the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage will be commemorated with a new $1 coin, courtesy of the Commemorative Centennial Coin Act, signed by women's favourite, El Trumpo, who of course displayed his genius big uh, brain, grip on space, reality and time. No, he didn't actually. He said, yes, out loud... I'm curious why wasn't it done a long time ago? And also, I guess the answer to that is because now I'm president, we get things done. So he's now taking credit for the passage of time itself. (laughs) This, of course, has nothing to do with anything he's actually done. The coin comes as part of the broader celebration of the upcoming 100-year anniversary of the passage of the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, granting women the right to vote. Each of the participants who spoke as part of the signing ceremony was generally magnanimous, praising the bipartisan network of the commemorative effort that passed through Congress by unanimous consent. Everyone except for the president, that is. After all, he's the guy who booted Harriet Tubman off the $20 bill. Because after all, no one has more respect for women. No one. According to a new poll from The Economist and YouGov, 53% of Republicans think that Trump is a better president than Lincoln. To be honest, I'm not that surprised. After all, Lincoln freed the slaves, so he doesn't really resonate with today's Republican mindset. But some of the other numbers in the poll are more interesting, like the fact that 94% of Democrats think that Lincoln was a better president than Trump. What the fuck, 6% of Democrats? Lincoln versus Trump. What are you smoking? And can I have some, please? Just as we suspected might happen, Trump is looking around for someone else to throw out of the flaming dumpster of who did the thing he's being impeached for and into the direct path of large, sometimes yellow, public road transportation vehicles. Good old face like a soggy crushed toilet roll tube. Rudy Giuliani is being slowly distanced from Trump, who now says, I didn't instruct Rudy to get Ukraine's president to announce he's digging dirt on Biden by saying, you know, Rudy... He has other clients other than me. He's done a lot of work in Ukraine over the years, all of which flies in the face of Giuliani's testimony that he didn't go to Ukraine, but got all the gen in the US. When liars who lie for liars get lies told about them to discredit the lies they've told about the liars and make them look like liars, I, for one, wouldn't blame Rudy for leaving like the lone wolf agent that he seems to be being painted as, packing up and seeking the peace quiet and stability of rural Ukraine. 
They have nice neighbours too, very up on US politics. He'll feel right at home. Just before Thanksgiving, Senator John Kennedy, no, not that one, the one who looks and sounds like Foghorn Leghorn trying to punch his way out of a bag of skin, said on Fox that you couldn't be sure it was Russia who interfered with the 2016 election. It might have been Ukraine. On November 26th on CNN, he told Chris Cuomo, I was wrong. It was Russia who tried to hack the computer. I've seen no indication that Ukraine tried to do it. Finally, a Republican with integrity. Oh, no, wait. On Sunday, December 1st, he told Chuck Todd on Meet the Press that Ukraine did meddle in the 2016 election. When asked about it two days later, he said he had nothing further to say on Ukraine, probably wise, and then rushed into an elevator, telling the operator, ma'am, can you help me here? These people are trying to kill me and hurt me the entire time that I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) At the UK-NATO summit, sophisticated, knowledgeable adults gathered at a Buckingham Palace reception like an episode of Frasier, for drinks and chatted. Frasier, Niles, Macron, Trudeau, Princess Anne, whilst undereducated blonde dictator wannabe Boris Johnson hovered on the edges and asked why Macron was late and sniggered when it turns out it was because there'd been a presser he'd had to attend with the US delegation, which ran over for 40 unscheduled minutes because of the US delegate ranting off-piste. All this was overheard sufficiently on mic to be subtitled and social mediaed. And uh uh-oh, who lives on the internet? Frasier's dad, who never gets invited to sophisticated gatherings because all he can talk about is the women he's had, getting booed at the game and something about peaches. Anyway, he took umbrage. Mr President, that means you didn't like it. A huff arrived and he went off in it. That's probably Huff Force One. He then called Trudeau two-faced in a presser and then congratulated himself as he left the stage (laughs) and the country when caught on the still live mic saying, that was funny when I said the guy's two-faced. You know that? Like the bully who's not managed to bully anyone so has to tell himself he has in his pitiful loneliness. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yes, as Mark said, Princess Anne was joking with the others about Trump, but it didn't stop there for the Queen's only daughter. When I saw her name trending on Twitter, I was momentarily concerned that she might have died. But no, Anne, always the royal with the least fucks to give, was trending because of an amazing viral video where Trump is greeting the Queen, Prince Charles, and his wife Camilla. Anne is not in the group, and when the Queen appears to demand she come and shake hands with the interloping cockwomble, she simply stays where she is and shrugs. And I've never been prouder to live under a monarchy. I'm surprised to hear you were concerned she might have died. You see? Eh, yeah. She's not the worst of them, is she? <laughs> no, no, true. <laughs> the damned elusive defifle failed to appear on a TV debate about climate and was empty ice sculptured by Channel 4. Sadly, not a Neanderthal stooping frosted portrait monstrosity, but an elegant disc with the party logo on it, which dripped metaphorically into oblivion throughout the debate. For the party that professes to be the only one able to sort out the planet, this was a thumbing of the nose in their direction, sufficient that his dad showed up at the studio saying, oh, why won't you let my little boy's best friend, the unctuous Michael Gove, play with you instead? Gove and Johnson pair were shown to the door because neither of them were party leaders, but they're barely human. Boris then pulled a trump and threatened to review Channel 4's broadcasting licence. 
He did appear on the Andrew Marr show following the terrorist attack on London Bridge, but failed to say anything statesmanlike, simply gish galloped all over the interviewer. To date, he hasn't appeared opposite Andrew Neil, his ex-boss at The Spectator at the time Boris was laughingly called a journalist, because that had involved too much scrutiny. So many people complained on an interview with Gove that Gove gave out 10 Downing Street's phone number and the switchboard were jammed in minutes. He also failed to appear tonight for a speech ahead of the latest TV head-to-head because five protesters showed up. And as a good 10% of the gathered throng, even that was too much scrutiny for a clown. Thursday the 12th of December is election day here. Let's hope he fails to show up in number 10 the next day. Or let's face it, we are going to move to the Ukraine too. Yeah, I've heard that one of the commentators on the ITV election show in the UK is going to be Fiona Hill. Oh. Which should be very interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I might have to tune into that. Good, yeah, yeah. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. You can find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump. If you're looking for a secret Santa gift for the Trump hater, or if you're a bit meaner the Trump lover in your life, may I recommend my book, The Best Words, The Collected Wisdom of Donald J. Trump, available now on Amazon. I've painstakingly collected every smart thing Trump has said about Muslims, North Korea, women, healthcare, Democrats, Republicans, Russia, Obama, the Electoral College, gun control and the media. And in the final chapter, you'll find full and complete transcripts of every off-the-cuff remark Trump has made that contain coherent thoughts. In other words, the book is entirely blank, so as well as being a hilarious gag gift guaranteed to break the ice at parties, it makes a great novelty notebook. You can find it at fallaciousTrump.com slash thebestwords. All music is by the outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye!